I have this whole philosophy called do it ugly. The thought is I would rather get something out there done imperfectly and improve it than think for five years and never get it out there. So I make money because I actually get stuff done. Welcome to the Smart Money Mama Show, where moms get real about money to help you find your financial confidence and live your best life. Now let's talk money, mamas. Hey there, I'm your host, Chelsea Brennan. And mamas, today on the show, we're talking to Michelle Jackson, founder of the website and podcast, Michelle is Money Hungry. And if that's not one of the best brand names you've ever heard, I don't know what is. Michelle loves geeking out about money. She's tried numerous ways to make money online and has built up multiple streams of income from her businesses, from active income, like high dollar coaching, to passive income. Her favorite passive income stream is actually writing and selling eBooks. And that's what she's here to talk to us about today how you can write and self-publish fiction and nonfiction books to create streams of passive income. We have a lot of fun in this conversation, especially because I signed up for Michelle's Make Money with Ebooks course last year and have yet to sit down and actually write a book. This episode is a bit of a kick in the pants for me, and I hope it encourages you to get started writing too. As always, stick around until the end of the show to hear my top three takeaways from this chat with Michelle, or you can head over to smartmoneymamas.com forward slash Michelle for the complete show notes and takeaways. Are you ready, mamas? Let's get started. Hey, Michelle, how are you? I am well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am so excited. And I have to tell you, I bought your course, Make Money with Ebooks, in August of last year. You did? And I have not done anything with it. I'm a person who has started writing books many times, and then I walk away from it. What the hell? You're the only course I've ever bought that actually sends me updates on my progress. So every week I get this email... (laughs) It's <laughs> like 0%. And so I mentioned it to, to Lauren, who's my right hand at Smart Money Mamas, who is also a writer. She actually just sent me some scenes. And she was like, we both need to take this course. And I have so many questions for Michelle. So can we talk about ebooks? <laughs> We're going to talk all about ebooks. And I'm like really obsessed with them, both as a reader and a writer. So let's get into it. How did you get started writing ebooks? I actually wrote a nonfiction book a couple of years ago about Colorado called The Epic Guide to Moving to Denver. I think is I always forget if it's The Epic Guide to Moving to Denver or The Epic Guide to Moving to Colorado. It's one of those. I wrote it because I got really tired of answering questions about the state and what it's like. And I run a website and podcast about Colorado, so it made sense. A lot of people don't know that I do this. So I was like, I'm going to save myself time and just answer all the questions, make money and whatever, and it's a resource. And it quietly sold and it still sells. And I never really went hardcore with it, but I really loved the experience of getting that out there into the world. It's not my first book though, because my first book I wrote in second grade, it was called The Biggest Snail in the World. My mom still has it. Amazing. Because every child's mother still has their first creative work. It was about a mama snail with two baby snails. They lived in her belly and her like shell. And she had two tunnels, one for gold and one for silver. So I was always kind of thinking about money, even as a child. A little alarming when you think about that now. What were the snails doing with the gold and silver? I See, I'm, now you've teased me. I need to read this book. You know, they were just playing around, but they had gold and silver so they wouldn't be poor. But I don't think I mm. articulated that whole situation because, you know, I was in second grade. But that was my first, first book. 
And we talk about the passive income and the importance of multiple streams of income all the time on Smart Money Mamas, and you talk about it at Michelle's Money Hungry. So how do eBooks fit into that when people start to think about side hustles? This is going to be not a long-winded answer, but it's a broader answer to the question. So in 2014, at the end of 2014, I quit my nine to five. Congratulations. I was like, I'm out. I got to go. You're going to kill me off. I was really stressed out. I was exhausted. And I was legitimately worried that my health was being compromised. So I quit. I went to Australia and Hawaii for two months and I just decompressed. Mm. I didn't have a clear idea of what I was going to do. I was going to dabble in the online making money arts. That's what I say now, right? <laughs> so so anything that I could do, like side hustles, freelance writing, virtual assistant work, brand ambassador, I did all these things. I ended up doing a lot of freelance writing and discovering that while I love writing and running a blog and still do, I, I call it a website versus a blog now, though I think that's a bit dated, the word blog. Mm. I found that freelance writing, I loved and hated. I loved that it was lucrative, but I hated it. And the reason why I hated it was I felt like I was very much a prisoner to the whims of editors. I felt like I would have to constantly pitch in order to really get in front of the right people. I felt like there were back doors to the right connections that I was missing. I felt like I'd have to write so many posts all the time. Some editors were douches. And I also didn't like that people wouldn't pay me on time. Like every once in a while, I'd have such amazing clients. But when I had bad clients, they were bad, so bad. And I was like, oh, like this is so frustrating because I have all these friends making so much money freelancing. They love it. And I'm like, I freaking hate this. And I don't understand why it's not working. And it was confusing because my good clients were so good and the experience was so good. So this is like me just really frustrated with not being able to leverage the skill of writing in the way that I want it to. So several years later, I started thinking about how can I make passive income and bring in enough income where I can say no to things or I can wait to say yes to better projects and stuff like that. So I just started experimenting. I experimented with coaching people online. I experimented with affiliate marketing, which I still very much love. I experimented with all these things. And what I discovered was I still really loved writing. I just decided to write another book, but this time I wrote a fiction book. That fiction book, that first month that it was live made up $540. Amazing. That was amazing because that was basically my mortgage payment. That made me sit there and be like, oh, wait a minute. This is awesome. Because of that fiction book, I decided to look at my nonfiction books in a different way and leverage them in a different way. And I had stopped freelance writing because it just had gotten on my nerves so much. So ironically, I started making money with my course, with my books, with affiliate income, like all of a sudden it started coming together. Yeah. And I was able to say yes to freelance writing that was very lucrative with great editors, with interesting topics that I could write about. It was just weird how it all came together. But I felt like there were a lot of other people out there who could be leveraging the skill of writing or growing their platform or helping someone out with useful tips 
or giving people access to them when they otherwise couldn't afford their coaching by providing this low cost product, which is an ebook. And honestly, I read ebooks every week. I am actually a real book lover. So I love hardcover books. I love soft covered books, like the actual physical book. Me too. Ironically, I was very reluctant to ever get an ebook writer, like a reader, excuse me. I was never into that. I bought my home because there is a built-in bookshelf. So when I say that I am about the written word and real books, I'm really serious about this. But it's 2020 now. (laughs) (laughs) If you are running an online business, whether it's eBooks or affiliate marketing or a course or coaching or creating a podcast, it just makes no sense not to develop some type of information-based product that you can sell because people need your help or need to be entertained or need to be inspired. And in a year like this one, where I need help to be entertained and I need to be inspired, I'm looking for that kind of content and help constantly. And we can't even go outside without, you know, worrying about the Rona. So it's just like one of those years where if you're looking to try something like this, this is the year. (laughs) I was freelance writing when I first got into this whole online world as well. And I had the same experience where like people seem to love this, but it is so draining with certain clients. Right. And I was actually just having a conversation yesterday with someone was like, I tell myself that it only takes me two hours to write the article, but I'm not including the three hours I paced around my apartment not wanting to write the article. (laughs) Weirdly enough, now that I'm a lot more discerning about the clientele, the projects are so much better and so so much easier to do. So I stopped doing freelance writing for like nine months. Now I've added it back in, but I like all my clients. And part of the reason why I can say no to things is because I have other income coming in. Yeah, that freedom to avoid the vampire clients is <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. So let's talk about ebooks. Do you have to be a writer, like have a background in writing to do this? No. <laughs> Did you have any experience writing books before you got started? No, but I mean, I had experience writing like everybody else. You went to high school. You know, like I went to college, I wrote for work, like everyone Mm -hmm. has a lot more writing experience than they think. Maybe you wrote your church's newsletter or your synagogue's newsletter, or you're a volunteer and you had to craft some kind of message or you write stories for your children. Or a lot of people have the skills that they're afraid to utilize because they're thinking about those skills in very linear ways. And what I would say is just sit down, whether it's, you know, you've decided to become a speaker. Maybe you're always talking about all the things at, again, at the library, at your church, at your volunteer organization. So yes, it makes sense that you would be a speaker. I've been reading literally since I was two. My mom started me reading. This is the funniest story ever, by the way. So besides the regular books that small children would be introduced to, she had me reading the Wall Street Journal. So she would like have the Wall Street Journal and have me look at it and like read the journal. (laughs) She had a lot of time on her hands. She would stay at home. That's why those snails were collecting (laughs) gold and silver. (laughs) You know what? It all makes sense now. 
when I was little, we were in Japan. So I was in private school. I was the only child, you know, with only children, you have to socialize them or else they become weird. And so she really worked with me, I think, on reading and all this stuff. So I've always loved reading since I was a very, very small child. It is something that I do daily. You know, these people were like, well, I read seven books in a year. I'm like, what the hell, people? You slacking. I read something daily every single day. I love reading. It's the way I unwind from the day. It's just, you know, right now I need to escape because God knows things are crazy. So I love to read. And so it's a pleasure to create things for other people to enjoy too, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. The way I leverage my books is very different now because I've spent a lot more time studying how can books be a part of a online content creator or even a nine to five? Like if you own a nine to five, like it doesn't matter. You can incorporate these things in such a way that you're building an income on the back end. Sometimes it could be just a small amount of money. So it, sometimes it could be a small amount of money that changes your perspective and your energy related to what you're doing. For example, again, that was a big deal to me because that was my mortgage. Mm -hmm. My mortgage now is 525. (laughs) So I was like, holy crap, that's my mortgage. And the range right now that I'm seeing, which is changing because this is the time of year where I make more money. And also I have more nonfiction books. So I'm leveraging those a little differently. I can make between 200 to $2,000 a month with my books. And I anticipate that being a lot more this year as I shift my focus back to sales. I was just focused on survival for the last three months. Yeah. Uh, So I wasn't really, you know, going all hard and trying to get books out there in the world, even though I did publish books during quarantine. Those were my worst books I've ever written because obviously being in quarantine because of a global pandemic would affect your creativity, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. So it's been an interesting spring related to book writing, but now I, as clearly we're in this for another year, I'm used to it now. And now I'm able to be a lot more present to get stuff done. Michelle, how many books do you have now that are selling to make you that $200, $2,000 a month? For nonfiction, which I haven't really been aggressive with, I think I have six books that are nonfiction. Okay. And then for the fiction books, I'd say I have about 16 books. Wow. But they're all like fun, quick reads. They're so fun. I'm working on one now that I'm really, 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 really excited about, but I'm not going to share what that is. So (laughs) um, story gap. Yeah. So that one I'm really excited about. I will just say that it might be inspired by a certain royal couple and we'll leave it at that. Okay. So how long are these fiction books? The fiction books, they're typically novellas. I I like to write novellas, but I've written anything from about 12,000 to 40,000 words. Just depends on the story. Let's talk a little bit about the process. Why have you chosen to go ebooks versus self-publishing or traditional publishing? Well, I mean, I self-publish my ebooks. Well, right. But like self-publishing a physical book. 
there's two reasons. One, I'm a hippie person and I believe in the earth. And I don't think that for romance in particular, you need a book nowadays. I just think it's a waste of resources. Mm-hmm. For my nonfiction based books specifically, I'm really thinking about having print on demand. You can self publish and have an option where there's print on demand. Because people tend to really want to touch those nonfiction books. Like that's still a thing. But for me, in terms of just, I care about the earth. I don't think it's necessary to have an actual book nowadays, especially given how I feel about what's going on with the environment. So I don't want to add to that problem. If I could be guaranteed that every book was made with recycled materials, that would be a different conversation, right? I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are really surprised that that's my answer. But I just don't see the need to have, for romances in particular, nowadays, no. If you want a physical romance, go to a thrift store and buy one. Or go to the library. Yeah, or go to the library. But if you are publishing, people devour them. It's, you know, they buy them very easily nowadays online and it's efficient. So in my case, that's my choice. But with the authors that I work with, A lot of them do both. And I think it just depends. With nonfiction, it makes more sense to me to have a print-on-demand option. Let's say you're someone who's listening to this who, like both you and I, it sounds like, consume a lot of books. They love stories. They love reading. But maybe they've never written a book before. Where do you recommend they start? They need to just make the decision that they're going to start. I'm serious. Most people will spend a lot of time thinking their way out of action. Mm-hmm. And I don't do that. I have this whole philosophy called do it ugly. The thought is I would rather get something out there done imperfectly and improve it than think for five years and never get it out there. So I make money because I actually get stuff done. And then I get feedback from people. I could get positive or negative feedback, which is totally great. It's part of learning. I use that feedback to improve what I do moving forward. But you cannot get feedback if you don't get stuff out there. That's just the bottom line. So if people are sitting there and they're like, well, I've never written a book. I'm like, you still haven't. You know, like like, you still have it. Like you're sitting there and I'm just chugging away and I'm making money. You're not. Or I'm chugging away and I've inspired other people to transform their lives. There are questions that people are asking for like nonfiction books that you might have the answer to, but you're thinking so hard, you're not getting them in front of the answer. And there are people who may want to work with you as a client. And maybe your book is the first part of your funnel where they connect with you. And they're like, wow, like, I love this so much. I would want to work with them. That makes sense. But for fiction books, is there certain genres that do better than others? How do you help people choose what stories to kind of focus on? People need to decide what floats their boat. Yes, there absolutely are genres that sell better than others. Romance is the number one, period, end of story. However, people read all kinds of books. So like if you're looking at fiction in particular, what do you love to read? Yeah. I love reading romance. I've always loved reading romance. I love reading romance, dystopian fiction, and YA for fiction. Right now, I'm finding that I'm really loving reading romance because right now I need an escape. Dystopian fiction is a little more tricky right now because I feel like we're living a dystopian reality. (laughs) Yeah. So that is a trickier genre to read because it's hitting on 
concerns that I already have, <laughs> but that genre does well. And there's a reason why the Hunger Games is so popular. There's a reason why Harry Potter, even though JK is problematic, um, is so popular. Like there's a reason why all of these stories are so popular. It's because typically your story, like maybe you think your story is original. Your story could be original, but the actual conflict that you're writing about is probably as old as time. Yeah, absolutely. Good versus evil, that kind of thing. Let's say now you've written the book. What else goes into getting it published as an ebook? Well, I mean, I have my course for that. So once you go through the course, then <laughs> you'll have those tips. And the Make Money with Ebooks Academy, which I launched during a pandemic, which was great. It's pretty straightforward. It's not that complicated. The decision you have to make is where do you want to sell the book? There are many different platforms that you can decide to use. It depends on your philosophy. A lot of people hate Jeff Bezos. They don't want to be on Amazon. Totally fine. If you do that, that means that you've got to really spend some time thinking about how do I market this book to get in front of people. For my nonfiction books in particular, that's like a non-issue because of how I leverage those books. I include my works in my content that I write, my evergreen content, that kind of thing. People forget that social media is a huge thing for everything in terms of marketing. Kind of understanding where your audience lives and how to connect with them would be the other piece. So if you are like, you know, I want to be the boss of all things and I want people to, because you can, I want people to buy directly from me and I don't want to have this middleman situation. You can totally do that. It's just that you're going to have to be very thoughtful about how do I get this book in front of people? Do I do Facebook ads? Do I do constant social media marketing? Do I go to conferences, which quite frankly, we can't do right now in the way that we would have before? Do I do an online summit? Do I do an online book launch? So there's a lot of considerations, but even though I prefer to do things in person for a lot of what I do professionally, right now, that's not an option. I should also say I don't pay for ads for my books right now. I'm making between $200 to $2,000. That's without ad spend. In a year, maybe like last year, maybe I spent $100 on ad spend. I just got distracted and was focused on other things. What I would say about that is if people are like, well, you were spending money on ads. No, I wasn't. Because there's more than one way to get books in front of people, which is why I created the course. I learned how to market on a budget that excluded marketing dollars because I am at the tail end of paying off a lot of debt. And so I just really did not want to allocate my debt repayment money towards marketing. So I was like, this makes me money. How can I make money without spending on marketing? I had to look at it a different way. And so without giving away too much of what's in the course, does that mean if you're not spending marketing dollars, do you have to have an embedded audience that you're promoting this book to? Or are there other ways to get it in front of people without spending money? Both. So when you think about it, romance already has an audience, right? Like I already know that if I write romance novels, that there's an audience. The key is understanding. So there's all kinds of romance and I'm only going to talk about romance. So I'm going to just share a list of the different genres and romance, and they all make money. 
There is the contemporary romance. There's contemporary romance just for African-American audiences. There's paranormal romance. There's paranormal romance for interracial audiences. There's gay romance. There's academy romance. There's Amish romance. By the way, I have read Amish romances. They're very, very calming. Uh, There is... (laughs) MC, like motorcycles, sons of anarchy. There's that kind of romance. There's dark romance. There's sweet romance. There's all of these different genres. My point is there are people reading all of those and it takes a very small audience, whether you are writing books, whether you're trying to get affiliate income, whether you're trying to sell courses, whether you're trying to coach, it takes a much smaller number than you ever would think to make an income that makes a difference to you and gets you out there in the world that you can leverage later. So the number of people that I'm selling to, to get $2,000 worth of ebook sales is a much smaller number than you would think. Good to know. We hear all the time about authors who spend years writing their books, right? (laughs) Like this very long process and commitment. But when you go into Make Money with Ebooks, your course, you talk about how your challenge is to get a book out and published in 30 days. How do you organize your writing process so that you can create a good story within a shorter time frame? I'm actually in the process of reworking the course. I can write in 30 days, but one of the things that I have learned after running the course for a year and a half now is that people have their lives and they have distractions. While you are 100% capable, in my view, of writing a book in 30 days, quite frankly, most people cannot. They just cannot. And so what I've done is I've created an academy instead because people have different things going on in their lives. I think the primary issue is you have a lot of things going on and you need ongoing support, connection, and like a cheerleader. I think that there's three different types of authors and content creators. There's the ones who can take a course and just knock it out. There's the people who need that ongoing contact and connection so that they can stay motivated to get it done. And then there's the person like me who needs both. So I'll take a course, but then I love having that ongoing contact. What I've learned from running the courses, most people are slower than I would like, but when they take the course and they have support, they move faster because they have accountability. That's the big thing. So if you are finding that you're like, I'm buying all these different courses, whether it's mine or anybody else's, but you're not doing them, typically that means that you probably need an academy situation where you're seeing the person in person occasionally throughout the month so that they could be like lighting a fire under your butt, to be honest. In terms of actually getting the work done and organized, you have to decide that it's a priority. For me, it's a priority to make passive income. So I'm willing to get it done. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like I just am like, I like passive income and I like the choices that it gives me, especially now when the economy is in, you know, we have problems. So I like making sure that I'm bringing in income separate from other people. So I'm very motivated to do that. If I'm self-employed and I understand that with freelance writing, if that's one of my revenue streams, that that could be drying up for whatever reasons, I want to make sure that the other things that I can control that I'm focused on and getting done. 
that's the other reason why I am motivated is because I like money. I like like that. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be very blunt. Oh yeah. I, li- I, I like money, so that motivates me to get those stories out there because I know that they sell. So ever since I started taking self publishing and getting my content out there seriously, I make money every day. Every day I wake up and see income coming in, and it's wonderful. Every day I, I check in the morning, and I think it's awesome. And we all know that passive income doesn't start passive, right? There's absolutely <laughs> so much upfront work that has to go into it. Yeah. Which writing a book is 100%, right? There's like a ton of upfront work to getting it published. So my big question is if you write your first book and you put it out there, what are you looking for in income? How do you know that you're doing well versus whether it was a flop, right? It's a flop now if it's not published. <laughs> So that's that would be my answer to you, because if it's not published, then it's not selling and there's no opportunity. So it's a flop already. If you publish it and say, for example, you have a certain goal that you've set for yourself, you don't meet that goal. So what? You have it published. You can leverage it in different ways. I think for a nonfiction book in particular, you can leverage it for speaking gigs. You could leverage it as a way to sponsor your podcast. You could leverage it in content that you're creating that's evergreen. You could like, there's all kinds of things that you can do. For fiction, quite honestly, just like with anything, you get a feel for what the audience wants. You can always redo the book. Yeah. This is the beauty of a digital book, quite honestly, is you can rework the book. Like I said, the books that I wrote during the pandemic suck. They do. (laughs) I mean, I was like, oh my God, it's a pandemic. Oh, I'm in my house and this is horrible. And I can't even go to the mountains. I'm in Colorado. I couldn't even go further than 10 miles from my house. Oh my gosh. So I live in Denver, which means the mountains are 40 miles away. So it was just a crappy time. Typically, I get a lot of my ideas when I'm in nature. So I just, everything about it sucked. And every book that I had to write that I had scheduled to go live, I had to postpone. Actually, many, many authors did because obviously people were dealing with life. Once I started working on them, I'm like, these are horrible, but I have to get them out. Then I got bad reviews and then I reworked them and they were fine. So can you publish, like, can you update the version that's already up there? It's digital. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they don't let you upload it. It long. is digital. It's just like a blog post. Like people think way too hard about this. Even with a regular book, you can have a new edition. So say it's an actual physical book and you're like, you know what? This is problematic. We got to redo. Like there are many examples of books in our life, like actual physical books that have been published more than once and updated and they have a new prologue or what have you. Like that's a very common thing. To Kill a Mockingbird actually would be a book where there's several editions of that book, different forewords where different people make commentary about that book. That's a very common practice. So you can do that both with a physical or digital piece of content. Totally understand that if it's not published, it's already a flop. But yeah, (laughs) can we give some range of like, what's a realistic goal. I don't like that. That's not, no, that's like a Virgo question. The reason why I say this is 
there's nuance for each book. There's nuance for what a person does in terms of how they market. There's nuance in terms of the the genre. If we're talking fiction, there's nuance in terms of their cover. There's a lot of nuance. So I don't like to say that because if I say, well, you should make this, then someone who doesn't make that might feel like they're a failure when maybe the success was that they got it done. They got it done and they became bold and they they were like, you know what? I got this done. I'm going to do it again and improve the next book based on the experience that I had. So I'm, I'm reluctant to say that there should be some hard and fast rule. There is no hard and fast rule. Just get it done and learn from the process. And at this point, I personally feel like I should be making more money with the books, but I haven't been focusing on it. So now I'm shifting my focus so I can grow the income more. Now that I'm understanding the Rona is here for a year, like I'm like, okay, now I am shifting my focus back to the things that I can actually control. I 100% think I should be making more, but I'm making more than other people, (laughs) you know, so I can't discount that either. My point is, I think people are very quick to be hard on themselves about what they're doing. I would rather you take action and take it imperfectly and get stuff out there in the world and improve it than sit on your ideas and try to like, well, I didn't make $540 like Michelle did. Well, you didn't even publish. So who cares? Get it published and then move from there. Absolutely. And so you mentioned that you haven't been as focused on it. And we talked earlier about how like once you started publishing the books, kind of things started to fit together and freelancing came back. Can you tell us a little bit about what your whole picture kind of looks like right now and how you're setting goals for your entire income picture? In terms of revenue, one of the things that I did in 2018 was I spent a lot of time just trying to figure out what is it that I'm good at? What is it I enjoy? And what actually makes money? Like, where's the synergies between those three questions? I did a lot of experimenting. I think, especially for those of you who are at home and you're trying to figure out what can I do at home to make money? Maybe you have a website like we do or a podcast or what have you, and you're trying to figure it out. What I would say is this is the hardest thing to figure out (laughs) because making money online, there's so many ways you can do it. If we were to have a thousand online content creators stand in a line and we were to ask them, how do you make money online? Each one would say something different Yeah, because I had to figure out what my audience responded to, what my zone of genius, which I hate to say it that way, but what like my zone of genius was, what kind of made sense for my platform, what I could focus on consistently and enjoy. So I love helping authors. Like there's a reason why I love the course so much. I love it, love it, love it. I'm reworking it over the summer. So just heads up. But I launched the Academy because I felt like there was another way to work with clients. So I have a course I have Academy, which is an ongoing subscription-based service, which honestly is a great way to build in predictable income into your online revenue. I have the eBooks. Again, that's become a predictable source of revenue into my um, business. I do coaching actually, and I'm now comfortable doing high-end coaching because 
before I didn't like the idea of high-end coaching for some reason. I just was like, I want to have multiple tiers and multiple ways for people to work with me before they even have to hit the high-end coaching option. So now it's like eBooks, which is, you know, three bucks or what have you. So you could buy that affiliate income, the course, the Academy subscription coaching, I do freelance writing again now because I, I'm getting good clients and they pay good money. I don't do it often, but I do anything between like right now, 250 to $500 a post for like 750 words, which I feel like is reasonable, sometimes more. So that's awesome. I do events. Right now I'm trying to decide if I'm going to do my Money on the Mountain retreat as a online event for 2020 like a one day situation. And I would probably get sponsors for that. So it's free for attendees. I make money with my podcasts and I should mention again, I said this at the very beginning, I run two projects. I run Michelle is money hungry and I run square state. So I can leverage what I'm selling in slightly different ways on those two different platforms. Square State, I kind of let simmer in the background because you really kind of have to focus on one thing. I learned that the hard way. So I decided to just let Square State simmer in the background and I would occasionally add things to it. I focused on Michelle is Money Hungry and that I think is running in the way that I want it to. It's very easy for me now to do and I can use all those lessons on Square State now. So ironically, Square State is much easier to grow. (laughs) (laughs) Anything about a destination is just easier to grow. Like it's just so much easier. So um, I imagine that that might actually surpass what I do with Michelle is Money Hungry because it was always easier than personal finance but I was very mission driven to focus on personal finance. So I will repeat this because I, you know, was telling stories at the same time. So eBooks, affiliate marketing, my course, my subscription Academy for the make money with eBooks Academy, coaching, freelance writing, sponsored content, because I do get sponsored content. I am looking to add ads for Square State. That's the other thing. High-end coaching, which is new. So yeah. I love listening to this because we talk about like the statistics about, you know, the average millionaire has at least seven streams of income. <laughs> you just rattled <laughs> off like eight and it's amazing. It's like, well, this is, this is it. This is how you get more money. Yeah. But now what I would say also with that is I had to do a lot of experimenting to even figure out what made sense and just how to speak of each thing naturally and speak of it in a way that lit me up and lit other people up to even want to purchase the products. And like right now I'm doing a random side hustle with Thinkific actually. Thinkific has opened up a entrepreneur development fund and they have, I think by the time this goes live, this won't be available to people, but they are giving entrepreneurs who are creating courses on their platform the opportunity to be mentored by other course creators. So for my side hustle right now, I am mentoring course creators on how to create courses. That actually is cool because I'm getting paid like $200 an hour to do that. But I'm also looking to start another subscription product called the Brand Building Lab because I've gotten a lot of questions about, well, how do you make money online? It's funny because I've been playing around with how does this look? 
now I kind of have a better idea of how I'm going to work with people to do that because I, I've gotten that question a lot this year, as you could imagine. Oh, yeah. I love the idea of creating a subscription model because, again, for me, it builds predictable income, but it also it makes working with me a lot more accessible for people who can't do the high-end coaching. I've spent a lot of time thinking about how can I help people at different points in their journey. They may not be able to pay fifteen hundred bucks for something right now. Yeah, maybe they can pay ninety-seven bucks and you know a month for something right now. And so I wanted to be mindful of that as I looked at what I was doing to make money. And just mindful of my own personal financial story, I really benefited from those kinds of resources as I went through my own online journey. And so I was like, how can I create this multiple tiered way of making money so that people are on a spending journey with me, as Nicole Walters would say, where maybe you buy a book and then maybe you sign up for an affiliate product that I share and you're like, this is great. And then maybe you go into my academy and you have a good experience. And then maybe from there, you're like, you know, I I would love to do coaching with you. That is what I want to have happen. However, if you're like, I got the cash, I got the dollars (laughs) and you, and you want to do the coaching, we can circumvent the other things. Absolutely. (laughs) I just spent a lot of time doing that because when you're building up your business, it has to feel right to you energetically. And for me, just jumping to high-end coaching without the other pieces felt wrong for my business model. That is not to say that it's wrong for other people's. It just, for me, it just didn't feel right. Now I'm all about other things and I feel great about it because if someone's like, Michelle, you know, I I really like this expertise from you or what have you, but I, I just don't have like this money. Hey, no worries. Like this is a resource for you. And I have a lot of free content, quite honestly, because I've been writing about money and entrepreneurship for eight years. This is all very deliberate. This is all very intentional now. And I think that whatever you're doing, be very intentional about your next steps. Michelle, can you tell us a little bit about the Academy and about the course? I know that this is a moment in time and prices change. So mamas, if you're listening to this, but just what's in those things, what they cost and where people could find them. Okay. So I'm going to talk about the Academy first, because the course right now is on hiatus on purpose. So you can access it because you already purchased it, but Mm -hmm. make money with eBooks course. I'm right now reworking some of the content in the back end, just because I've had it for a year and a half. And I think that there's some things that need to be changed. Partly just from coaching people for a year and a half. Like there are things that I noted. Oh yeah. So that is on hiatus until probably end of August, September. Make Money with Ebooks Academy though, I consider this a soft launch because in April I was like, I'm going to go ahead and launch this thing during the middle of a pandemic. Woo-ha! And um, I, I did get students and I'm super excited about it. But the Academy is kind of fun because One, it's very affordable. So you can either sign up for an ongoing subscription for $37 a month or a lifetime access for $350. The point of the Academy is each month we cover one thing. Right now in June, we're really talking about developing your story, just like the start, the start of it all. There are office hours twice a month with the Academy. 
I no longer offer a closed Facebook group with the course anymore. So I changed that. In order to get like ongoing access to me, the Academy is nice because if you have questions about your book or you just want to connect with other really positive people who are writing their own works, that is the space where I'm really going to be nurturing community and contact. I will also make a point in saying that from a business perspective, this makes more sense. So if you are creating like a lot of people are very excited to create free Facebook groups connected to a product that they're selling, I would really caution you not to do that because you will find that you're giving away a lot of free content and time for like a year. I found this out the hard way because people will love what you're sharing and you're going to be like, I need to eat and I have to show up for this. This is making me crazy. So from a business perspective, what I would say is really be careful about offering something as a part of a one and done product. That is the other reason why I launched the Academy. I'm fine with showing up and sharing and teaching, but just like with anything for you mamas out there, for women out there, we have to be consistent with valuing our time as a dollar sign. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like I'm going to be very, very blunt about that. And the reason is you as a creator will show up at a hundred percent when you're getting paid. I was showing up at 100%, but I was starting before with the free thing, starting to be feel a little frustrated and a little resentful because I'm like, this was a mistake. However, I do have a lot of testimonials and things like that because I did that. So there might be a place for free in your business model for a short period of time, and then you have to get paid, period, end of story. So the Academy is just great because we just go over one thing each month because this goes back to the idea that people have a lot going on. They have the capacity to take in certain things, I think, at a slower pace, especially now. Like right now, I'm finding I'm mixing up my days. My grandma's birthday was yesterday. You know who called her seven days before her birthday? This kid. I am her oldest grandchild, okay? We've been celebrating her birthday my entire life, and I called her seven days ahead. Hey, better than seven days late. I know, right? But there's so much going on in people's lives during a normal year that this was the other thing that I observed, that sometimes you just need more time to learn a thing. When you do a course, you're zipping through the content, right? It's great, but maybe sometimes you need to have a conversation, have a little feedback, talk about it from the perspective of your actual book. And so that was the other reason why I thought, you know, this might work a little better where I can really go in deep about this one topic. And then as I build out the academy by next year, I'll have all this content built out. I don't have to do it again. That makes a lot of sense. Michelle, where can people go find the academy? It is at michelleismoneyhungry.com backslash academy. Perfect. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. This was amazing. And that's your website as well, Michelle is Money Hungry. And where are you on social? You can find me on Twitter at Mitch Loves Money, not Mitch with a T. It's M-I-C-H Loves Money. Or you can find me on Instagram at Michelle is Money Hungry. You can also listen to Michelle is Money Hungry, the podcast where I connect with and talk to entrepreneurs who sell what they already know online. Amazing. Thank you so much, Michelle. I hope we get to talk to you again soon. 
I love this. This was so much fun. And yes, the coffee kicked in halfway through our conversation. (laughs) Mamas, I freaking love Michelle. She has so much passion for encouraging others to put themselves out there and try new things to make money with their skills. Whether that's writing books, starting a podcast, launching a course, her philosophy of doing it ugly is a powerful one. I hope it's got you motivated to start taking action. Plus, it's really hard for me to not love someone who enjoys books, the outdoors, and building wealth as much as I do. As always, I've rounded up my top three takeaways from this conversation with Michelle to help you get out there and earn some money. First, you have way more writing experience than you think. I was so glad that Michelle called out that she didn't have any writing training before working on her books, but that she did have writing experience. Writing projects in high school and college, freelance writing, writing blog posts, writing work emails and newsletters, and that most of us do have way more writing experience than we think. It's so funny, but right before getting on to record with Michelle, I was talking to Lauren about my desire to write fiction, and I actually said, well, it's not like I've taken it all that seriously. I'm not really a writer. And I listened to Michelle, and I was like, I'm a dope. I write all the time. I storytell on the Smart Money Mamas platform all the time. If you're interested in writing a book, chances are you've done some writing too, and you've read books and listened to storytellers. You've made up stories for your kids at bedtime. You have experience. You don't need a certificate or a class or any kind of permission to write. You just need to start writing. Second, there are so many ways you can leverage a book to earn more money. Michelle's ebook earnings of $200 to $2,000 a month and growing sounds awesome, especially because once she writes the book, the vast majority of the work is done. The rest of the income is passive. But if you choose to write ebooks, your earnings don't have to stop there, particularly if you write a nonfiction book about something you have deep knowledge of. You can leverage your book to grow a website, to sell courses, to book paid speaking gigs, to bolster your resume when you're applying for jobs. You can create an audience of readers who are excited to purchase and read your next book. Ebooks are cheap, which makes them a great entry point for a personal brand. If you're wondering if the time committed writing a book makes sense for the ROI, remember to look beyond just book sales. And remember that sales of a book last years after you publish it. And finally, third, you just need to start. I loved when Michelle said, maybe the win is that you wrote the book. Writing can be a scary thing. You're putting yourself out there and you're not sure what the feedback will be. You're not sure if you'll sell a thousand books or two. You're not sure if people are going to think you're completely nuts. Okay, that last one might just be me. But if you're feeling like you'd love to try your hand at writing and earning income with eBooks, but are nervous, embrace Michelle's philosophy and do it ugly. You don't know what'll happen and you never will if you don't just jump in and do it. Oh, and seriously, consider joining Michelle's Academy. We'll link to it in the show notes to be surrounded by authors who are making a habit of writing and building their passive income stream from their deep well of creativity. It could inspire you to stick to your writing and earning goals too. And by the way, I'm not an affiliate or anything. I just want to encourage more writers to write more awesome stories for me to read. Seriously, I can't wait to read your stories and see you get that money. You've got this. Mamas, I want to thank Michelle again for joining me on the show and sharing her tips for creating passive income with eBooks. As a reminder, for links to Michelle's site and social media platforms, along with a summary of our key takeaways, head to smartmoneymamas.com forward slash Michelle. Oh, and mamas, if you enjoyed today's episode and want to support the show, hit subscribe in your podcast app and tell a friend. You're amazing and we love you. 
Keep Talking Money Mamas. I'll see you next time.